Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey guys, welcome back to the weekly walkthrough part B. We're going to start on Thursday and we're going to go through Friday and Saturday. Um, So let's get started on Thursday. We are going to do an interval workout. So we're going to do five rounds with a two minute rest between each round. A round is consisted of a 200-meter run, 10 burpee box hops, and then a 200-meter run. So the day before this, we did all barbell work. We did a long warm-up, some mobility stuff, and then did that uh, death-by-DT sort of thing. We're taking a break from the barbell, just moving our body, and trying to move it a little bit more aggressively, especially with these burpee box hops. We're going to do something in our warm-up trying to understand how to spring out of a burpee immediately into your jump and have control at the landing of that jump. So we're going to use that to feed into the workout. And then those 10 burpee box ops, what we really want to see is a, I'm going to call it a bouncy rep where you jump both feet up from the burpee and then immediately spring into the jump on the box. As such, I want you to use a low enough box that you're confident that you can land on consistently. Um, a lot of people are just going to have a couple plates on the ground stacked up. That works perfectly fine. This is about trying to find your own uh, ability to control a quick little bouncy movement that requires a lot of athleticism without making it too, too difficult because some people will be able to do a heck of a lot more. There's just some springy people out there who will bounce right up like it's nothing. So work with what you've got and try to keep this consistently a bounce into the burpee and a bounce out of the burpee into the box hop. Um, we really want to find that that different feeling of movement. So pace the runs so you're going relatively hard, but you're ready to do those 10 burpees without any break. Then you go out on the second run, and you can push it a little bit because you're going to get a minute of, or rather two minutes of rest before the next round comes around. right? But the priority is really how smoothly and consistently you can move through that different style of a burpee box hop. Yeah, after we finish that interval style, we're going to go into a little post-wad accessory, um, and it is going to be a 5 by 10 dumbbell curl and strict press. So we're going to have this, uh, we're going to be standing, abs and butt are tight, uh, and just with our arms, we're going to do that curl up into the strict press. So what we're really looking for here is bracing that midline. So stay tight in the butt and abs. It's really easy on this one to try to swing into your first rep. Um, to try to get a little bit of momentum going up throughout, or through that first curl and then into the press. Uh, but really what we're looking for here is a really tight and upright position. Yeah, it's also easy to try to use your legs to kind of heave it, just like we typically would if we did any proper muscle clean, power clean, clean, right? We'd use our legs to drive and push the weight up. But here we're not doing that. We're shutting the legs off. We're trying to just isolate the upper body and do that curl motion, have it pause at the shoulder, and then go right into a strict press. Um, We're not trying to carry momentum. We're trying to arrest momentum so that we can focus on starting momentum twice, right? It's not really supposed to be super fast. It's supposed to be about control. Once you get done with a set of 10, your arms should be burning. You should want a couple minutes of rest before doing it again. 
Um, this little bit here is going to be one of those things where I think everyone can get through a couple rounds. We we might have a little bit of a, uh, a time cut. So if you have to go, you might only end up doing two or three rounds of that because if you want to go really heavy with it, you're going to have to take a little bit longer break. If you go a little bit lighter, you can certainly do this with only a minute rest between your five, each of your five rounds. But depending on how hard you push those limits, you will want or need some extra rest to continue at that same weight. So I guess I should say just adjust as needed. Yeah, that's going to be a great day because the interval to start is going to help you guys really push that recovery pace. Um, so how hard can you push recover, push recover? And then that finishing little bit is really it's just going to be muscle stamina. It's going to be a burner. Yeah. Um, well, it's something kind of fun and different. Yeah. I mean, we do we do a lot of dynamic, aggressive movement. This time we're stopping the dynamics and the aggression. Now it's just operating one or two joints and then one or two joints again, isolating things out and making sure you understand how to control a smaller segment moving at a much slower rate of speed. Yep. Um, so once we finish that sprinty interval on Thursday... On to Friday, we're going to start off with some skill. It's going to be 10 minutes alternating on the minute. And you guys are going to do 30 seconds of high tempo pistols and then 30 seconds of a handstand hold. Uh, For high tempo pistols, really what we're looking for there is just really consistently quick pistols. Once you stand up, you switch feet, you go down. Stand up, switch feet, go down. It's going to look different for everybody Mm -hmm. because what's really high tempo for for a high level um, gymnast who's got great understanding of that position and the flexibility to be there that's going to be very different from a lot of other people so you you have to find what you can move consistently but is quick for you right it's going to be different we're going to do different numbers of reps but that's why it's a 30 second window where we want you to move as quickly as you can while remaining accurate that's really the measure is can you remain accurate do you miss maybe only one rep in that 30 second window because you were a little out of control that's kind of where that line of acceptability should be drawn at 90% accuracy is more or less what we want to see. So if you're missing one out of 10, that's about where we want to be. We don't want to push it any faster than that, or we're going to start to get too out of control and not benefit from our training. Yeah. Um, and we're going to follow that with a 30 second handstand hold. And I think that's really going to be the part that's pretty nasty because after those high tempo pistols, you're just going to be out of breath. Um, and kicking up and trying to hold upside down and bracing is going to be a little bit nasty on you. Well, I don't think you're going to be too terribly out of breath because it's only 30 seconds. And, well, let's, but let's be real. How, how many pistols are going to happen? Is it really going to be that much work if you're really trying to move consistently? Because if you move too frantically fast, you, you, can't, you can't do good reps. And I don't think you're going to get that out of breath in that 30-second window. Hmm. I guess we shall see. The handstand's not supposed to be terribly taxing. It's supposed to be a focused effort on good positioning, right? Being upside down and having your hollow and controlling your midline while you keep the floor up overhead. A couple different ways you can do it. You can wall climb into it and go toes up the wall, um, pointing those, those, those toes towards the sky and resting your toenails on the bricks and then looking at the bricks. Don't look at the ground. You could flip over the other way uh, and kick yourself up to the wall and hold facing away from the wall. Again, I would look more outward than at the hands. 
Uh, and then lastly, if you've got good body positioning and you're starting to work on balance or walking, you can start to look a little bit more downward and try to dig those fingers into the floor to drive your center of mass slightly away from the wall and find your balance point. You can play around with trying to find a freestanding handstand during those, uh, those 30 seconds. In fact, I've got, well, I'm lucky enough, I've got a couple uh, former gymnasts at my gym who who will quite likely be doing actual freestanding handstands, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know with those handstands, gymnasts say, look with your eyes, not your head, though. Yeah. So make sure that when you are starting to get to the point where you're looking at your hands, because you need to if you're going to be stepping with them or holding yourself without a wall, um, make sure you're not cranking your head down, but rather look with your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way your spine can stay more relatively neutral. Yep, definitely. The more uh, the more you move the head, the more likely you are to go into that nasty arch. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, we have uh, a workout that is four time, and it is going to be 70 double unders or two minutes to work on double unders. A two-minute window, we want you guys to either practice double unders um, or... If you guys are still stuck on singles, or if we're working on singles, we should probably uh, be doing the window. Yeah, we should be doing 140 to 200 singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right in that in that window. Um, following those 70 double unders, 50 dumbbell snatch. That is written at a 50 pound for guys, 35 for gals, and then three rope climbs. Um, and then we're gonna rest three minutes, and we're gonna go back through it, but in reverse. We're gonna go back through three rope climbs, 50 dumbbell snatch, 70 double unders. Uh, so the way this one's written, really what we're looking for is it's going to be pretty attacky, um, but we're looking for an unbrokenish style. If you guys can hold on to the double unders for 70 um, and not make a mistake, great. We're looking for that. Uh, the rope climbs at the end, those three, it's going to be a quick drop off the rope, shake out the arms real quick, right back up. Um, try to avoid stepping too far away from the rope and giving yourself too much space because then we end up walking around, we end up getting shocked, we end up taking more time than we need, uh, and you get that rest right after. I'd say that the real hard push on this one is going to be the 50 dumbbell snatches. Yeah, smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. It, I wouldn't try to so much sprint through 50 for most people. I would try to kind of be casual and almost almost rest for a second on each rep when it's overhead. Once you lock it out and have it in that overhead position, a quick breath, and then dropping and switching hands can just keep you on a nice steady pace where you don't need to take a break. And like John Michael said, inevitably those breaks kind of roll on into 15, 20 seconds where really we didn't even need more than five seconds. Um, so trying to keep yourself moving, not necessarily at a sprint pace, but but seamlessly in this workout is really what it's built to encourage. So if that means you should use a lighter dumbbell, then use a lighter dumbbell. Um, Jermichael, if I'm doing the math on this, I'm thinking that a pretty reasonable time for somebody to attack and get through this if they've got good double unders is looking at like a minute in the doubles, another two minutes on the dumbbell. If they're smooth and just go unbroken, it doesn't have to be terribly fast to be 25 reps a minute. And then finally the rope climbs, maybe a minute there. So we're looking at like a four minute interval. Yeah. If that's now that's going to be some people, some people will definitely be slower, but I would encourage you to go a little bit on the lighter end of the dumbbell if you're going to be forced to take breaks with the one you've chosen, right? We want to try to find that smooth, nonstop motion where we can burn through that set of 50 and then transition right on into our next movement. Yeah, I would also say be smart about the rope climbs. Uh, if three is a lot for you, um, maybe we cut the number down to two. Maybe we try not to do so much, or maybe we do a rope climb, a rope lower and raise mix. Yeah. Uh, maybe we do rope lower and raises, but make sure that we don't want the rope climb to turn into um, 
just minute after minute of staring at the rope. So make sure that whatever scale you use, it is one that you guys are are reasonably um, quick with and you guys can perform over and over, right? That way we don't end up spending too much time at the end of this one staring at the rope and then too much time at the beginning of the next one staring at the rope. Yeah, um, that that's a good advice. And, and you know what? I've gone even further with it. We're going to put a six-minute cap on each of them. So you have okay. to move at least that fast. Um, but preferably, you'll be moving a little bit faster. So so scale these things accordingly. And like I said with the rope climbs, uh, I'm thinking that's doable within a minute if somebody's trying to, to push their limits, well, depending on the person. But I would say if you need to scale the number, then scale it to a minute of hard work. Hmm. That's about where we're, we're falling on the line. So if that's two good rope climbs, if that's six lower raises, right, put yourself in a position to work hard for around about a minute in the rope. Yeah. Um, that, wraps, that. that wraps up our, yeah. our Friday. So on the Saturday, we're going to do a partner workout. For that partner workout, uh, you are going to be splitting your forces. So one person is going to go on a 200-meter run, and there's always someone running that 200. And it's just going to alternate throughout the entire thing. So we're going to do a 10-minute AMRAP followed by a 3-minute rest and then a 6-minute AMRAP. And they all follow that same structure. So at the start of the workout, one person is going to go out for their run, and the other person is going to begin doing 21 wall ball shots, 15 burpees, and then nine toes through rings. Once they are, once partner one returns from the run, then they're going to trade positions. Partner two is going to go out for the run, and partner one is going to now perform whatever's left in that round until they get back to the beginning and start a new round, right? Because it's a 10 minute AMRAP. So you're just tagging out and going. Um, you're always working, so you basically have 10 minutes of nonstop work. The run is kind of meant to be your, your rest, I'd say. That's your recovery zone. Kind of that same concept we've been playing with. Find a pace that you can recover at, but you're still working hard, and then come back in and be able to hit the work hard that's more complicated, more uh, high intensity, I should say. Yep. After you rest those three minutes, um, you have another AMRAP, six-minute AMRAP, and it's going to be 20 jumping lunge, and 20 push-ups. Uh, but this one follows the same exact pattern where one partner is going to be running while one is going to begin the work. And then when they get back in, you pick up where your partner left off. Uh, make sure that when you guys do this, um, as a runner, make sure that you guys are recovering, but also do not strand your partner in there to do multiple rounds in a row, especially of the 20 jump lunge and the 20 push-up. Well, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Because because just the time frame, 21 wall balls takes not too far from a minute, and it's going to be a little over a minute probably if you're if you're pacing that run a little slower, a little bit under if you're a little bit stronger runner and have better cardiovascular respiratory endurance. Uh, but but yeah, don't, don't don't go for a walk and leave your partner doing all all the burpees because you didn't want them. Uh, make sure you're pulling your weight and work hard. You both get a chance to work hard, both in and out of the gym. So so. Put in a solid effort. Be proud of what you did. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you feel like this is a little too easy, I definitely don't think it is. But if you want to challenge yourself a little bit more or uh, want to make this just a little bit more miserable, I guess, then throw on a weight vest. You're welcome to wear that or a backpack uh, and, and do this workout with that. Toes through rings. We should talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much a toe-to-bar 
except for you're on rings. So they play a little bit differently. You don't apply uh, power out of your lats quite the same because of just the connection. The rings swing instead of being fixed like a bar is. Uh, so it feels a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same movement. You're going to use your lats a little bit. You're going to use your abs. And you're going to try to pull your toes up and poke them over your fingers through the hole of the ring. If you got to go a little bit lower, we'll do a knee raise to whatever level is appropriate for you. Same thing as we would do for knees to armpits, knees to triceps, knees up to elbows, that whole uh, that whole rising scale list. Yeah, it's more about learning how to manage the kip on the rings and then get proficient at it. Um, it's not necessarily harder, I'd say. Um, it's just, it's different. Each, each rep takes a little bit longer, I think, because yeah. as the rings swing, uh, we have to do a little bit more... Um, management and timing in our kip we can't just go down up down up down up because uh, the rings will get all out of whack but um it's it's a fun one it's a great way for people to get comfortable on the rings if they've never done a lot of kipping on them um and it's just a great way to throw a little twist into a tota bar so yeah and, and it really it works for everybody i mean just like mm-hmm. a tota bar we can scale it to whatever level of raise we can handle all right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoy those last three days um, and see kind of how they're starting to tie in or tied into the days before them. We went a little bit lighter uh, and a little bit quicker with our body and not as aggressive with, with the loads that we kind of wore ourselves out with. So a little bit less soreness, hopefully, a little bit more springy motion, uh, and then also some, some intervals because we gotta we got to get better at running. Yep, open's coming. Well, I don't think it's going to be running in the open, but hey, they moved it. Dude, well, but they the problem with running in the open is the the surface. Yeah, but can you imagine a death by 10 meters in the open? Oh, gosh, that, dude, that'd be great. We will leave you with that. We'll see you guys in the gyms.